Welcome to Disrupt Equities Apartment Investing Podcast. This podcast will offer weekly episodes equipping passive and active investors alike with the tools, knowledge, and confidence to build wealth through one of the most powerful wealth creation vehicles out there, apartments. Let's get into today's episode. What's up, everybody? It is Monday, Monday, Monday. So what are we doing today? Doing Monday Mondays. That's oh what we're doing gosh. today. We're doing work. We're doing emails. We're doing calls. We're doing you know in-person meetings. We're doing a little bit of everything, but most importantly, we're doing Monday Mondays. Which is the best part of our Mondays, folks. So when do we do it? 3.30 Central. Oh not Eastern, God. not Pacific. It's every very Monday. specific. It's Central. Rain, snow, sleet, or hell, except for whenever the electricity was out here in Texas. There's a couple we, times. We, we missed some, a few times We had there. some technical glitches here, you know, but we are headed to Houston, so it is Central Standard. So thank you for tuning in, folks. But what are we talking about today? We're talking about how to go from entrepreneurial to institutional, right? So ooh, what does it look ooh, like to be an entrepreneur ooh, and how do you start to build and grow and scale your business? So we talk about scaling here quite a bit, folks, you know, and I, and, and, and I want to preface this. Like, you know, don't think of it in terms of like, 10x and Grant Cardone. I mean, like you know, I, I I get it why he wants people to kind of go bigger and stuff like that. But that's not for everybody. You have to realize you have to balance work and life and what you want in life and what are your goals too, yeah. right? Like me and Ferris were very much aligned when we started this company that we wanted to scale a commercial real estate company, right, and build an actual business. You know, but we have a lot of friends that they just want to do maybe one or two deals a year. And they've got their kind of niche, you know, doing one thing or another. And they've got maybe a more loose of a team. And they're totally content, right? So I don't want you to feel like you've always got to do this. But if you're one of those folks that do want to scale your company, tune in. Because that's what we're going through today. Boom. So let's get right into this. How should entrepreneurs adapt their approach when scaling up a multifamily operation? I'd just say in general... You know, you have to have the mindset that you want to scale first and foremost. Yeah, right? and most importantly, the key word there is adapt, right? The yeah. way you run a business that has a hundred dollars of revenue is different than a thousand, which is different than a hundred thousand, which is different than a million. Yes. And I think where a lot of people struggle, many people I know, is they can't get their head changed each kind of iteration, right? As, you know, it's with tough. a growing it's business, tough. It's, it's tough. tough. You're you constantly know. reinventing the business. I mean, us included. You have to, we both have to pause and say, okay, we were doing it this way, but we were just having this conversation this morning. Really where, we were. Like, you know, that That's doesn't scale. Scalable. So now scalable. we have to revisit and it. Yeah. We have to remove, figure out where the bottlenecks are and who the bottleneck is or what should be changed or who, should, you know, and this goes through every course of a business, right? From finances, how do you do finances, to how do you hire, to how do you interview, to how do you do payroll. I mean, all of these yeah. things. I remember our, our payroll early on. It was pretty much the, the auto bill pay with a chase <laughs> or ACA. It's like, that's payroll, right? Well, now it's much more complex than that. And so again, the biggest thing I think with entrepreneurialism is constantly rethinking what you're doing and does it make sense where you are today, Yeah. right? Not, we do this because it's the way we've always done it, but that's what we started with. Here's where we are today and here's where we're going. So are we at the right spot? And you have to really almost separate your mindset from everything else going on and just focus on that so you can make sure you do that thing well. And if you're constantly reiterating and redoing all these different things well, and in the end, it's actually very impactful. I'd say one thing that he, that he kind of touched on, folks, that I think you need to understand, too, is you know, early on, you're going to do everything, Right. You know, it was really the it was the Ferris and Ben show for the first I'd say what twelve months, and then we hired our first employee. So that's me and Ferris doing everything and anything doesn't matter because we don't have enough money coming in, right? Then you hire on your first person, then you start delegating out, right? But the one thing that he had mentioned earlier is being the bottleneck. 
you know, that's something that me and Ferris, as we grow as entrepreneurs, we're still trying to get better at, right? And you gotta realize that just because you did it in the past, or you even think that you're good at it, or maybe you even like it, you might not be the right person to do it, right? Because you're busy with a thousand, maybe you, maybe you love this thing and you're great at it, but you've got a thousand other things because you're running a company now, folks. Yeah. So you shouldn't be uh, the bottleneck yeah. of, oh, I wanna do this and this, part of the process. No, find somebody that you can delegate that out to, Right, you as an know, entrepreneur, you're always important. doing the thing that you don't have anybody else to be able to do. So if someone can yeah. do that thing, maybe they can't do it to the same level as you. Or eighty percent's fine, yeah. folks. Perfection is not what you but need. But you at this focus point. on the things that the other people can't do. Yeah, and I, I'd say that, that you know goes back. So eighty percent is huge, right? You know, don't and, and, and that that additional twenty percent that people want, which is perfection, is just never gonna. You're never gonna be able to scale when you do it that way, right? So just think, okay, they can get nine out of the ten things right. Roll with it, right? Because momentum and when behind your sales is going to be more important than trying to get everything perfect, right? So when you're talking about scaling, that's important. You have to get momentum behind you, right? You have to build your brand and then these things will push, propel you forward. And I think instead people get nitpicky about this little thing. I got to solve this or I got to get my business cards or I got to do this and that. Like when I remember starting off, I, you know, I went did everything the completely wrong way because I felt like that was the most important. I gotta get my website set up and stuff like that. No, the, thing, the damn thing you gotta be doing is you gotta go out and make money, right? And sales and marketing is probably your most important thing that you should start, right? Then yeah, perfecting your Building your, your brand is the first gateway though, well, so there- well, yeah, 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 but I, I get yeah, it. Yeah, but, so but I agree just, too, like ultimately, Something is better than nothing. Yes, yeah, yeah. But it goes back to something. You can get up. Sometimes more important than everything. Yes, and I guess you know, even if I use the example of the website, right? Like I was like literally like designing it, right? Like you can go get templates and just easily have, or or spend five hundred bucks and just have somebody just do a quick template for you, just so you have something, right? My point is, is people when they're starting off, they get focused on the wrong things, right? And that's not you're gonna get you're gonna get caught up in the nuances of running a company, and you're never gonna be able to to grow from there. Right, so identify those things that like, hey, I should not be doing this, right? And it might be painful if you have to hire on that first employee and maybe you don't have enough money coming in. I get that. We've had to finance a lot of our operations. We're just, we're bootstrapping the hell out of the whole thing Absolutely. from the beginning, right? You know, but we knew that that's the right way to run and scale a business, right? Is that we had to bring on talent. We had to, we had to build a great team and now we're seeing the fruits of that labor, right? So it's gonna be a little bit of a sacrifice you know, up front, so you're not gonna be able to squeeze all the juice out of that turnip, but you should really be looking at it from a long-term standpoint, right? You know, because if you can suck it up for five to 10 years, right, you can build generational wealth, you know, especially in, in syndication, commercial real estate, whatever, you know, multifamily syndication in this specific example, right? You know, so it's important to understand that, right? Don't get caught up in the details, get yourself some momentum and keep pushing forward. Perfection is not what you're looking for. So those, or some ways that you should be adapting to, right? So, all right, so what sort of research and planning is required to obtain the capital needed to scale a multifamily operation? I mean, you gotta, you can't, you, you can't have two quarters you're gonna rub together. You gotta have some money, right, to start any company, right? Or find somebody that has money. Or find, that's it, that's a good point. Or find a partner that has money, right? You know, so yes, to build a business, folks, you can't do that for free. Unfortunately, that's just not how this works, right? But the majority of small business owners got some kind of a loan or, or took some money out of their savings, you know, and I'm not saying do anything, you know, um, you know, irresponsibly here and, you know, take a loan out on your house or something like that, right? But, you know, find somebody that has some extra money, sell them on your vision, and then maybe give them a piece of your, your business, your business venture. 
you know. Again, you're going to have to figure out the way that you're going to finance it on your own. But, you know, um, sometimes on startups, unless you're, you've are you got some creative software that you can go sell to a VC and they'll take, you know, they'll put some money into your deal. Most of the time you're taking a loan from a family or a friend or you're taking out your retirement funds and you're, you're bootstrapping your own operation, right? So you're going to have to plan that out and really understand what that first kind of 6, 12, maybe even 24 months looks like. Well, things are a little tight and not a lot of revenues coming in. Do you have enough runway, right? So determine what all of those expenses are that you're going to have versus maybe the potential income that you're taking in and then bake that into some kind of a financing plan too, right? Because the last thing you want to say is, hey, you know, Uncle Joe, I need 50K to start this great company. Maybe it's a great company. Maybe it's going to have awesome potential, but that 50K just got you six months worth of runway and you're not going to be making any kind of income until month 12. That's going to be a problem. Now you're going to go back to Uncle Joe and ask him for more money. How do you think that's going to go over? Right? He's going to say, you didn't plan this damn thing out. I'm not giving you any more money. You know? So researching and planning you know, and putting a business plan together is, is important in a lot of ways for people. And, and it kind of allows them to, to, to stick think to it. it. And it's, you know, it. it's got to be something that can be trackable, right? But it's not just hope. Right, opium doesn't get you anywhere. I love that right? word, opium. So really give some thought to, okay, what? who is my client? How am I going to capture that client? How am I going to nurture that client? How am I going to track how many of those come through? And how do I close that client? Whatever business you're doing, whether it's a HVAC company, a plumbing company, a property management company, or, you know, an equity, you know, acquisitions company. So yeah. it's about building a real business plan that makes sense. And, you know, talk to people, right? You know, you may be new to the industry, but talk to people to learn from them on what works and what doesn't and how do you accomplish the goal. And from that, right, you can actually get out there, get some feedback and see if it makes sense and then go execute. So execution is the key to I doing did drop everything. My mic, folks, so that probably, That's probably I, I was wondering why it got really nice and quiet. I could hear my voice finally. So we're like, um, what was that? So yeah. this has uh, just been mucking things up. So we do do this live, so yeah, <laughs> things so happen. Let's keep know. going. All right, so we're moving on here. All right, so what steps should be taken to ensure efficient and wise management of assets once the necessary capital has been obtained? It's, you know, closing the deal is what everybody fixates on, but that's yeah. the easy part. Operating the deal is the hard part. So it's really about making sure you have a plan for operations, whether it's a trusted management company and you can kind of trust but verify or you're managing yourself. And just know managing the assets is hard. It's difficult. It's people. It's numbers. It's, you know, a lot of people. It's people. And it's people. people. And there's a lot of people. Right? So definitely something to think about because there's people involved. Right? So I just think you'd like, the other thing too is just- You have tenants, you have employees. I mean, all these things. You obviously have a lot of people involved, right? But I think building a cohesive and efficient, productive team is important too, right? You know, and whether you have a third party management company that's already, hopefully already built that out, or you're going to build that in internally. And we've talked about this on a show about self-management versus third party and all the nuances that go into that. So check that episode out. But bottom line, you need to have the necessary pieces in place in order to go out and execute on that business plan. And again, that goes back to being a good planner up front, right? Because I see a lot of people that will get a deal under contract and they don't really have a plan after the fact, right? Like not only do they not have a plan on really on the capital raise, but they don't really have a plan even after the fact too. And so, you know, where they're they're going and interviewing management companies, you know, when they're already under contract and they're going through DD, like by that point, I feel like that's already too late. You should have been doing this upstream. They should have been validating your underwriting. You should have been making these relationships, you know, months in advance. Um, but neither here nor there, everybody makes mistakes up front. So I'm not saying that that's, you know, uh, necessarily a deal killer, 
but something that you, could, you should be planning out a little bit more effectively, right? Because that's how it's going to be. And that's how you're going to be able to scale your business in multifamily syndication is you have to have a track record, right? So if you're not executing on said business plan, you're not, you're not cycling out and, and selling some of the deals for the profits that you're projecting out to your investors, they're never going to allow you to buy any more deals. Absolutely. That's just how it is, right? So where the rubber meets the road is the asset and the property management side. So what strategies should be used in order to quickly and efficiently reach potential tenants or buyers for property you're offering. You know, this one's, you know, I mean, I guess there's two different things, right? Mm -hmm. You know, like as a property management company, there's a whole marketing you a lot know, of process, effort right? that goes into marketing and finding those tenants and, you know, doing the follow-ups and, you know, trying to close the tenants. So that's in its own thing. And that is your client. But I think for the show, right, most people are really focused on the acquisition side. So it's really about how do you find those investors, right, is really maybe what I would yeah. say. And so I think investors is getting out there, networking, getting to know people, sharing what you do. People will tell people about you, right? And ultimately being someone they like, know, and trust. Those three things is really what you need to focus on if you're looking at doing an acquisition business, right? And again, if I had a plumbing company, my client is very different. It's not investors. My client is homeowners most likely, yeah. right? And it's about showing them I provide good quality plumbing and I provide competitive pricing, right? And yeah. good quality service. Like that's what those people look for, right? And so ultimately, depends on your business plan, understand how to capture that and find those people. But for us, I mean, you know, I would say just with investors, it's a long-term game, yes. right? You're not gonna meet someone today that's gonna invest today. That's very rare. It happens, It right? does happen sometimes. But, but it's not, really- And it did, I think it depends on your, on your track record too. Like, you know, if it's your first deal and you just met that person, it's probably gonna be a lot more challenging to get them to invest in your deal. Right. Whereas if you have a track record, you just meet somebody and you have a conversation, they realize, okay, hey, these guys align with my, you know, my goals and everything else, and they've got the track record to back it up, that's gonna be a little bit easier. But I mean I think in all cases, marketing in any endeavor that you're getting into, it doesn't matter if it's multifamily syndication or property management or whatever company you're trying to start, you need to understand how marketing and funnels and SEO and social media work. That is just the way of the world these days. And if you can if you can master that and harness that to your advantage, you can make a ton of money, right? Absolutely. And, uh, it doesn't matter what you're selling, it doesn't matter if you're selling widgets, right? If you got a snazzy website and you can drive people to it, they're gonna buy your widgets, you're gonna be successful. Right, you know, um, so I mean, definitely online marketing, definitely SEO, definitely social media, right? Absolutely. All right, so we talked about this earlier. What was the importance of building a reputation in the industry and establishing an institute? I mean, I think, you know, reputation in any endeavor is key, um, you know, but I mean, that take reputation is built over time. It takes time you and know. it takes years to build and seconds to lose. Yes, so you wanna be careful when you're starting off, especially when you don't have much of a track record, to say what you're going to do and do what you're saying, right? You know, so that's the that's an important part of this because a lot of people will kind of BS there. It's a, there's a lot of there's a lot of fake it until you make it in our yeah. business, unfortunately, and I feel like that's why syndication kind of gets a bad rap. And you've seen these guys and gals online. They they they're they're the ones that are posting the most about this and that. And and you know, I'm hopeful. I don't miss, I don't want wish anybody bad will, but you know, it, just knowing that. Some people can see through that. And so you're gonna just be candid with people. If it's your first deal or it's your, hey, I just started this company six months ago, just be truthful with people. Mm -hmm. You know, people would much rather you be candid and give them the straight than, you know, come and say, oh yeah, I got 12 billion units and you know, I've been in the business for 30 years, right? You know, and if you feel like, hey, my, my track record's not quite there or maybe there's something in my past that, you know, might be a little bit, I don't know, questionable, 
you know, partner up with people that can maybe help with that. Right, I think it's important to understand that it's it's a really it's a team game, and that not only a team in the back office sense, right, like a property management and those folks, but also a partnership too. The GP is really a team. In fact, I don't think me and Ferris have ever done a deal that was just me and him. Yeah. There's always been somebody else that has added value or beefed up point. something, uh, some other piece. It wasn't necessarily reputational-wise. We didn't ever really had a problem with that. It was more so just, hey, we need more net worth and liquidity, or we need this person to do construction management, or whatever it was. We we come together as a team, and we make the, the, big, the team just that much bigger and better. Right, and I think you can do that when you're first starting off. When you, you use the phrase, folks, and I've said this on the on the show before, right? My partners and I. Just remember that phrase. My partners and I. Right. Uh, you know, and as long as whatever you're saying after that statement <laughs> is true, then you're good. You know, but make sure because if you say, "Hey, I'm partnered with X Y Z person," and the broker knows X Y Z person, they're probably going to call X Y Z person and say, "Hey, are you really partnered with them?" We've had we've gotten calls from people that have yeah. dropped our name. And we're like, yeah, we know them, but we don't know anything about this freaking yeah, yeah. deal. Guess what? You just got slashed by that guy because you lied to them, right? You know. So if you're going to use somebody's name, folks, just make sure that they are part of the deal and they're aware that they're a part of the deal. That's the most important Absolutely. thing. Absolutely. So, boom. With that said, we got that's through our it. Money Monday. What are we doing in August, Ben? Oh, coming Hanging out. out with 400 of our friends right in up. San Francisco. That's exciting. So come know. check it out. Our conference is coming up in just a few months from now. Yeah. San Francisco, August 4th. Would love to see you guys. Prices will continue to rise every week upon the week until they hit about a million dollars a ticket. So if you're interested <laughs> wow. in joining... We're finally going to make some money on this absolutely. thing. Absolutely. <laughs> so if you're interested in joining, go check it out. It should be an awesome time. Lots of speakers, lots of content. We'll have Neil Bauer. And a great, you know, great good mix of people. You yeah. have the great uh, you know, Ben Suttles there oh, as yeah, well. Yeah, I'll be out there, Paris I guess, so, possibly. You know. Know, we'll be out there and come check it out. We'd love to see you there. No, but August in San Francisco is a great time of year, folks. So maybe come a little bit early with the family. You know, Enjoy San Francisco or maybe stay a little bit later. We're going to do the same thing. right? But we've got four 400 people out there, August 5th. So check it out, www.mfinvestornetwork.com. Put in the coupon code DISRUPT. Get yourself a discount on that. Tickets will get sold out on this one. So really, really excited to see you there. But check us out every Monday, Mondays at 3.30 Central Standard. Thank you guys very much. We hope you enjoyed today's episode on Disrupt Equities Apartment Investing Podcast. We have some really great episodes coming up, so make sure to subscribe to the podcast. For those interested in passively investing in cash-flowing multifamily properties, visit disruptequity.com invest. Fill out your information there, and you will get notified when we release our next multifamily passive investment offering.